to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley. A familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Well, hello, 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 everybody. If you're listening live, welcome to the Forbes Factor, my favorite hour of the week. Uh, You know, as I was listening to the intro, celebrity health and fitness expert, well, if you're watching live, I am in a gym. I don't normally broadcast in a gym, but I'm on the road because May is graduation month. I was just in, if you're following me on Instagram, you guys know where in the world is Forbes Riley. I think if you put pins in everywhere, she's everywhere. Uh, I have three twin sisters. No, go figure that one out, right? Uh, was in Vegas for my stepdaughter's graduation. High school graduation is different than I remember it. Man, everybody was celebrating. There were parties. I mean, I think I got like a trip to McDonald's and like a Happy Meal. Like, oh, there you go. You're graduated. <laughs> I guess. And now we just uh, went to Tahoe. Oh my gosh, Tahoe is beautiful. And for those of you who are following the real estate adventures, I was staying in a dear friend's cabin. His family bought that cabin in 1986 for, in fact, $86,000. 2023, $1.8 million. Talk about a return on investment. Incredible. And I drove through Tahoe. I used to ski at Tahoe. I did stand-up comedy at Tahoe. I didn't think to invest. There was a tiny little town called Truckee. Truckee was like literally, I think, named for the truck stop. You can't touch a house there for less than millions, millions, like literally millions. It's like, hmm. So when I bring you amazing guests, you might want to listen. I should have listened better to my real estate, my investment guys. I'll tell you what, you got to stay connected. And now I'm in Sacramento in a gym, uh, for my niece's graduation. Everybody's graduating. So this whole week for me, I've been thinking about the term graduation and what does that mean? And you know, when you're in high school or college, graduation is a cool thing. They give you caps and gowns and celebrate. I got my doctorate. I've got a really cool cap and gown. And you are so excited to have closed the chapter of that part of your life to move forward. What happens though when you're an adult, exactly the opposite. You get fired, you quit a job, you lose a relationship, you're like, oh, and you lament over it. How long? Instead of graduating to the next part of your life. And I've really been meditating on the idea that it's cool to close the door on one part of your life with a beautiful ceremony. That includes divorce, losing a job, letting someone go, dying. I mean, I'm still lamenting the death of my dog. And I'm like, I need to celebrate this differently because the next and the new is always what life is about. And I heard someone say that today, even death. You know, everything, everything, and this is crazy, everything dies, allowing it to be reborn. And as we're heading into springtime, if you're listening live, I want you to just think about that in terms of what have you left behind? And you know me, one of the things that I focus on is healing healing trauma. I'm going to say that part of that is literally closing the door on voices of mom and dad going, you have to have a plan B. No, then you never do your plan A. And how is it that you move forward? What's the graduation moment in your life? And I would recommend, I'm going to do this with my mastermind tomorrow night, to close the door on a part of your life, to literally go back in your timeline and go, you know what? I'm going to close that door and graduate emotionally, spiritually, financially, physically from something that wasn't serving me to move on to the next and the new. So that's part of the theme of my entire week here. And I have a very exciting guest. Now, you guys, I do something that I don't know if many of you do. I'm not a good cold caller, but I, um, oh, that's interesting. So if you guys can't see me, that's unfortunate. Maybe turn off an, 
If you cannot see my video, hopefully I'm frozen with my mouth closed and a great smile. Normally it's closed like this. But I would like to bring on my guest, someone that I found on the internet surfing. He stood out as a rock star, did some research and said, you know, if I'm lucky enough to have him, you're lucky, lucky enough to listen to him. So he is not only the CEO of two different companies, eight-figure, two-comma club award winner. I'm excited to ask him questions, get to know him, and see what he can help us all as entrepreneurs. Please welcome to the stage, Dylan. And Dylan, how do I say your name? Because I want to say Vaness, Vaness, Vanessa? Yeah, boom, you got it. Did I, which one is it? Uh, Venice. Venice, there you go. Well, how are you today, my darling? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Right. So when you're looking at me, is my, in fact, my video frozen? I'm getting like if one, one frame, maybe five seconds, which is, you know, we'll work kind with of it. <laughs> well, you know what? I can turn that off for a little bit. I don't mind because I'll tell you what, we are, we're, the primary point of what we do is Voice America Radio and, you know, it's nice to have it, but who cares? So Dylan, all right, by way of introduction, first of all, you look really young. Are you really young? Uh, I mean, age is relative, right? I'm 28. Yeah, yeah, I have underwear older than you. It's pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I tell you what, the CEO of my company, and I run a very large coaching company, is 20 years old. So I'm not being prejudiced against age at all. I'm just always excited by the youthfulness. And I wish that when I was younger, the internet was a thing because you've managed to seriously capitalize on this whole concept. When you were, let's go back to your graduation, high school graduation. How was it for you? Uh, I mean, it was like anxiety because at that point I had been like, I'd lost like friend group. And so I showed up pretty much like without any friends and, you know, I'm standing in the corner of my gown, like, you know, like, you know, I don't really have friends here. What do I do? And of course I walk across the stage, my parents, they clap and then we go out for dinner and, and celebrate. So wait, 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 you know, wait, wait. I think high school wait, wait, wait. for a lot of people is, is incredibly, uh, it's say that one more time. Wait, you lost your, wait, you lost your friend group. You can't gloss over that. What does that mean? Um, I think like for, for me, I, I'm, I was, uh, you know, uh, I, I found the cult of entrepreneurship and, uh, that's when I felt connected. But in high school, I was like seeking that connection, like like seeking that significance. And I think a lot of youth go through this. I mean, most people in high school, it's like we're trying to find ourselves and understand like what you know, what are we doing? Like what's hard that the the effort to make friends actually made me lose friends. And oh, wow. um and so at that point, like, you know, my, I played soccer, like you know, my soccer team, they were like. You know, they didn't really want to hang out with me. Then like these guys didn't want to hang with me. So I was kind of just like, you know, bouncing between friend groups, but never really had like my true friends. Didn't have a best friend. Didn't have the people that I could really, you know, hang out with or even talk with. Oh, wow. Got it. Okay. That actually makes sense. Although I tell people now that I'm many, many years outside of high school, that if you peaked in high school, you peaked too soon. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. definitely. So, and the, the, here's the thing though, it's like ultimately, like I played I played soccer, I played college soccer, like I was like like a a jock by all all, you know, uh stereotypes. But the thing mm-hmm. is is for me it's like I always resonated with the the nerds. And so torn, it's like who do I actually hang out with? Do I hang out with the quote cool kids who I don't really click with or do I hang out with the quote nerds and who I really resonate with but that's not where I'm supposed to be? And that was the big, I think the big struggle for me in high school. So that's funny. If we'd gone to high school together, I was in the theater department and not definitely not a cool kid, although a 
strange thing happened to me in high school. I got pretty. I had been wearing braces for eight years, and I had a really awkward nose. And somehow, because of what happened to me, my doctor offered to fix my nose. The braces came off. My dad was in the hospital for three years, and I had no money. And so I entered this beauty pageant, and I won. And that was a completely lifelike, from the geek in the back, I was really smart, and I was also an absolute nerd. I built computers with my dad when I was little, and I did magic tricks, and I was really, you would not, you thought, you, I was the kid that nobody played with either. I, well, and then something happened at 16, and it started an interesting trajectory. So I love that. What did your dad do? Uh, so my dad is a dentist. Uh, his dad was a dentist, and so naturally I was supposed to, be a dentist. <laughs> and how did he and, um, feel about I'm you not. not being a dentist? Well, he didn't really find out until I dropped out of college and started my first business. And uh, we didn't talk for six months. But uh, now, you know, now it's a different story, right? He, he, he brags about me. In fact, he actually overheard him tell one of his staff uh, at his practice, in my next life, I want to be Dylan. Because the thing is, like, he, he, he followed what his dad told him to do. And I didn't. And for me, I'm living a life where like, I love what I do. I'm super grateful that I get to, you know, get to get to do what I get to do. And in his world, he's like, he looks at me and is inspired by me. I love this story. I think that, and do you tell that story? Cause it's powerful. You know, we we're told to follow in our parents' footsteps. And that's funny that I was compelled to ask you that question. See with dentists, they really want you to kind of keep that legacy going, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. But you have, take so over the you had a different business, path. and uh, did you always know you wanted to do something different in entrepreneurial spirit? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's it's taboo to say now, but I actually used to sit and watch uh, The Apprentice on TV, and this is obviously way before Trump is who he is now. And I was, I looked at this, I was like, this is kind of cool. The idea of running a business, you're you. You've, you know, you're, you're a leader. And, uh, and I was by that. And that, that was kind of what turned me on to this idea of like, you know, what can we really do? Like, how can we be a creator? How can I be a creator in this lifetime? And, uh, and then from there, I, you know, I was actually 16. I went to this, uh, there's this leadership program out in in California. Uh, it's called leap. Um, and, uh, I went there when I was 16 and it taught me about these things called core values and Dylan, I speak at Leap. I've been speaking at Leap. No way. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So you know Dr. Bill Dr. then. Borkman. Wait a second. I know Dr. Bill really well. Did I just speak at a year that you were not speaking on? They were there. That's crazy. I mean, I, my, well, well, I went when I was 16 and I and I went for two years and I became like one of the volunteers they have for the next six years. So I I, I spent like eight years going there. Um, you know, and, and going back, but I haven't been, I haven't been back in quite a few years, probably five years. So I, okay. So that would have been when I started six years ago was when I, for, I've known back Dr. Bill forever. Oh my God. He's going to love the fact that you and I are talking. And because I've got a lot of the leap graduates who reach out to me all the time. I'm so excited. This is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And so that was like the turning point though. It's like, you know, as, as a kid and there's, you know, there's successful people that have come out of, out of leap. Um, but the thing for me that really changed my direction was I, I, I finally understood, like I went there and one of the mentors is like, I'm like, what do you do? He's like, I'm an entrepreneur. I was like, tell me more. Like, what does this really mean? Cause my whole framework was like dentist, dentist, dentist. And sometimes we have to break out of our ecosystem 
in order to really understand what else exists and what other potentials we could step into. And so for me, when I was able to do that, I stepped into the reality of like, okay, look, this is actually a possibility. And so then I started to soak in as much info as I could. You know, I read Think and Grow Rich like the next week. I read, you know, all the other personal development books, the core ones. And it just led me on this path of like, of knowing and understanding that there's there's something more going on here. And there's a way to create what we really want in this life, but uh, you have to know the formula in order to do it. And that's when I started, you know, personal development and starting businesses. And that was like, that was like the, I'd say the, the tipping point in my life. Well, I am just so excited because I lovely, I did not know this part. And I'm so that glad that my, my she's writing a book called Every Company Needs a Kid. And you epitomize uh, I'm still here. You're. I'm. I'm, I'm catching like one of every ten words. So, uh, I'm not okay. sure if it's just I'm me sorry. or. I, I, no, no. I was led to believe that I was in a place with great Wi-Fi. I've got my hotspot on. I've turned off everything and pictures, and we're still having an issue. You're clear um, right now. So I think this is coming. You know, you're now. Well, I'll tell you what, I might want to ask my producers to take a quick and since we don't need the video component, because I don't want to lose you. I love seeing your face. I think it's great. Um, but to my producer, and I know we just might take a little bit of a break right now and handle that. As, as you know, um, one of the charms of listening to the foresight is I do it all around the world. And you know, I'm in a great thing with great Wi Fi, and all of a sudden it's not as good as it should be. right now. And we'll be right back while we fix this. All right, we're going to take you to a break. We'll be right back. Please don't go away. We'll be right back with more Forbes. I want to hear Dylan's story. Let me tell you something. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur and you can hear my voice, the level of success that he has achieved at a young age is something you do not want to miss. So what I would do right now in this little break is I go to friends. need to listen right now to Forbes because we broadcast every form from iTunes to Pandora. You name it. And of course, don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you hate going to the gym but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device. 
including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel factor will be focused on health wealth and happiness and my guest is just delighting me to no end so dylan is the son of a dentist who decided to be an entrepreneur took a, a left turn and went by the way went to a thing called leap well leap was started by a dentist ironically but what the dentist does with bill dorfman who's just a dear friend and an amazing guy created this personal development training for young adults and I was lucky enough to speak there. Paula Abdul, one of my friends, is one of his dear friends, and lots of celebrities. Fifty Cent's Fifty Cent's son went to this, and Dylan is a, a, a you know a graduate of that program and a mentor, which I think is so exciting. Because the bottom line for everyone listening is that personal development works. You got to get clear on who you are, what you want, and then having structure about business and understanding things like core values, mission, and vision will change your life as an entrepreneur. Dylan at the moment is 28 years old and wildly successful, and we're on the phone together, usually not on a, on a Zoom call, but Dylan, are you back here with us? I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Glad to make it How work. do you like hearing all of your credentials, Ed? It's kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right, so let's fast forward. You've decided that you're going to become an entrepreneur. Did you have any mentors or direction about what exactly you were going to do? Uh, yeah, so my first mentor, he, he, he said, Dylan, uh, he, this guy's crazy successful, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'm like, how can we get more time together? And he's like, uh, we got to speak the same language. So he, he said, go read Think and Grow Rich and come back when you're done. I said, all right. So it took me about two and a half days to read it, came back and said, all right, I'm done. And he said, all right, now write a three-page or a three, uh, yeah, three-page book report on every chapter. <laughs> so I went back, I wrote a three-page report on every chapter, brought it back and said, all right, what's next? He then gave me a list of about seven other books and said, all right, now do the same for each of these. And, and I did it. You know, it took me several months to do. And I came back, you know, uh, Richest Man in Babylon, um, As a Man Think It, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, like the, kind of the core personal development books. And uh, mm-hmm. by the end of it, I understood why. It wasn't necessarily the knowledge, um, but it was as a mentor, your time is valuable. And I have tons of people that come to me and say, Dylan, can you mentor me? And the thing is, is most people say that, but they won't actually take action on what, uh, on what advice you give them. And so with him, he was trying to filter out the people that were just tire kickers and see like, who's actually going to take and implement the valuable advice he gives. And so, uh, you know, I did that. He helped me start my first company and, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of the initiation. Well, that is pretty exciting that you have the, the gumption and the drive. I teach a training called Next Level, and for 12 weeks I take people through a massive personal development, personal branding, and building. And I will tell you, not everybody finishes. 
and it really feels like the Navy SEAL movement. You're like, you're going to put you through all of this stuff. Like, man, this is hard. I'm like, no. Hard is actually being in business. Hard is wondering if you're going to be able to survive your company and all the people you need to pay and your family. That's hard. This is nothing. So congratulations on doing all that. And then what was your first business? What did you venture into? <laughs> so um, we were selling flying squirrels. <laughs> but you were selling what? Flying squirrels as pets. Uh-huh. And uh, so they're called sugar gliders. Um, they're they're uh, from Australia. They're marsupials in the same family as a kangaroo. And so what I would do is we take them, and I at this point was effectively a traveling a traveling salesperson. I was in a different city every week, and we would go to different kind of events and just educate people about the animals. And then ultimately, when people uh, were interested, we we you know give them the opportunity to adopt them. So for me, this was like. This is, I mean, obviously it's a crazy story uh, in hindsight, but it's also like one of the hardest businesses to do when you're first getting started. You're dealing with live, I can't live so wait, was this the business with... that your mentor was in or is this something you decided to start on your own? So he, uh, so he guided me in starting it. So uh, at the time I'm, I'm from uh, Canada, so he had no one had done this in Canada. So he uh, mentored me and said, all right, let's go ahead and start it up in Canada. So we started it together and um, this is in like 20... Gosh, probably 2013, 2014. Um, and this was, I was in my uh, third year of college and I started this business and then I dropped out. I said, Dad, give me a year to become financially independent and, and prove that I can do this. Uh, and if I don't, I'll go back to college. Well, a year, year, a year came and went and, uh, you know, I was doing well. And so uh, I have one year left of college. I, I, I didn't graduate, but I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. I finished. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, that was it. Well, that's a crazy business to start in, and I'm just so very proud of you. I also have this really cool story in that I have twins, a boring girl twins, who've been with me my entire life, been to a lot of events, and my daughter has a much more entrepreneurial interest. Uh, and we have, I have an ex-husband, their dad, who was an All-American Notre Dame football graduate, so he, you know, we saved for college. That was the big thing. I was the first in my family to go to college, and it was a big deal. And I trained her not to because she got the entrepreneurial bug when she was 12 years old. And she tells the story now and she speaks on stages. And so she's in her third year of a business that's worth, it's almost worth eight figures as a 20-year-old. And her brother, who is also very business-minded but more student, is being forced, not forced, but he's going to, going to school. And it's kind of interesting to, see, to hear your perspective on that you went and dropped out, which is kind of like the middle version of them where you realize that you're not going to get the kind of education in the real world you're not going to get it in school that you're going to get in the real world. And we see that more and more as a trend. But there's things that you had to learn. And so even the books that you read, and guys, if you're listening to this, the names of the books, those are the standard personal development business books. And the fact that he had you write a three-page you know, book report on each chapter in Think and Grow Rich, guys, that is school. That is college. That is better than college, don't you think? Yeah, 100%. I think so the thing that where college comes in, it's like obviously you gotta, if you're going to go into – a profession that requires it, that's one thing. But for me, it was valuable because had 18-year-old Dylan gone out and tried to start a business, uh, who knows where I'd be today. What college did okay, is that's me, valid. gave me structure to actually go mm-hmm. and kind of figure out, like, who is this guy and what's he going to do? Okay, so now we move on to animals, and then did you leave that, and what happened? Yeah, so so I did that actually for a couple of years, and uh, and it was incredibly challenging. Like, I'm talking, I'm, I'm driving, <laughs> you know, my first... I had to buy a work car, but I barely had any capital. So I ended up buying a, a, a beat up old ambulance that had been decommissioned. 
for 500 bucks. <laughs> you had to start it with a screwdriver. There was no keys. And I'm driving this thing around coast to coast in Canada across the country selling flying squirrels. <laughs> Talk about a store. Oh, my God. Like a 22-year-old, 20, 21-year-old. And, um, and I, it, I, I kind of figured it out. Right? I figured out uh, that if you show up, you're in a vehicle where there's, you know, there's a way to, to create a product. But if you show up, you do the work, you build a team, you add value, um, there's revenue to be made. And I looked at my, myself after a couple of years of doing that. And I was like, I can't keep doing this forever. If I'm living out of Motel 6s, driving around a beat-up old car, like, where do, how do I get to the next level of Dylan? So mm-hmm. that's when I, I had to have a realization with myself and say, all right, this isn't the way. And uh, I had saved up enough cash to, to live for uh, a little bit of time. And I said, what's, my next, what's the next thing I'm going to do? And how can, I, how can I add insane value to the marketplace? And uh, one of my mentors said, Dylan, the, 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 the way you make um, money is simple. It's the, you want to make more money, add more value. And so I'm like, what do I know? I know social media. So at this point, I started uh, doing social media marketing for uh, real estate agencies, home builders. And it took me on the path of like actually creating a marketing agency, uh, which is, you know, which opened up the social media world. Then we found out about personal branding, content, and that was like, I'd say, the next iteration of Dylan as a person. I love that. I love that. So what, what happened next? Um, ne- uh, next, we, uh, you know, I built up the company, and, and, uh, and I started to see that people want – there was this, like, in the social media era, there was this kind of need of people who are successful in the real world but they weren't really known online and they wanted to effectively like purchase uh, attention. They wanted to purchase uh, notoriety online. And so that's when uh, I started actually marketing to people who wanted to build a personal brand. And we started helping people do that. Now uh, that's kind of like what we've been, we really specialized in and what I've been able to, to build. But through that, we, I created a company called agency box, which is a platform for other marketing agencies who actually want to tap into some of these same services and do some of the same stuff we're doing. Uh, and actually they can actually tap in and use it themselves. So I built a software that other marketing agencies can use. And now uh, I've got about hundred employees. Uh, we uh, have built this company and I'm focused both on building people's personal brands, but also my software company agency box. And share, us, share with us, why would an entrepreneur want that? Um, so, so here's the thing is we're, we're, uh, we're in an era where there's this thing called the growth fulfillment paradox. It's like as a solopreneur or, or a small team, it's really hard uh-huh. to grow the business and manage the business at the same time. And so you need a team. Yes. That's totally know that from can't afford... Exactly. Right. You know this. I know this. Anyone who starts a business understands this. And so we need a team, but I can't, guess what? I can't afford you know, a $4,000 salary for this job. I can't afford a $5,000 salary for that one. Uh, and so instead, what if there was a place where you could tap into all this kind of stuff without having to do it, your, without having to hire in, uh, people and take on risk? It's kind of like uh, managing the back end of the business. So we started off with pretty much having, you could call it almost like, um, like, uh, like an outsourced CMO, where we were actually a place for other businesses to come and use our team. But, as technology has been evolving, we've actually been plugging in automation and AI solutions where 
uh, in probably by the end of this year, entrepreneurs can use the platform and it'll run the majority of their marketing efforts for them in an automated way. So instead of having to pay an agency thousands of dollars, you can actually use the system where, you know, you can use the platform and pay a much less, uh, a lower fee, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month and achieve the same result. Well, that's very, very exciting. And so what is your company called? So it's called, it's called Agency Box. Um, the idea is it's a marketing agency in a box. <laughs> Pretty simple. I love it. Um, but the, the big thing with it is like, is really we're, we're here to serve business owners and help them, uh, help them uh, grow and expand their business. See, during, during COVID, uh, crazy things happened. There was a ton of businesses that went out of business. There was a ton of people that uh, lost their job. And what we're doing is we're creating a system where in the event something crazy like that ever happened again, that people wouldn't have to go through the same, the same pain before. Like if you look at what happened during that time, there was like three types of businesses, like online, offline, and then like blended. Online businesses, Zoom, Amazon, like they crushed it. They exploded. Then like blended companies, think like Walmart, they have online and offline presence. They started putting attention on how do we focus only online. But the businesses that got really crushed, were the ones that were offline only. And now everyone knows that being online isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. And if you're not really dominating online, you're pretty much doomed to fail. So we set up a system where it makes that whole process simple. Instead of having all these elements and people don't know where to start, you just go in and use the platform and it'll actually operate most of it for you. I love that. Now, do you have a success story about somebody that you've helped? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've worked with over 4,500 people in the platform. Uh, they, we have over 4,500 people that, that use our, our system. Um, so yeah, we've had, you know, ton, dozens and dozens and dozens of success stories, um, you know, everywhere from small local businesses to large companies that are using the platform and crushing it. Really? All right. Well, so, so, so I've got a lot of people who are listening who are entrepreneurs. What would be, and a lot of them are struggling exactly at the point that you're talking about. What advice do you give them? So the thing is, is like, is what is the, um, uh, you know, to, to scale a business, if you have a good product and, you know, that's all handled, all you got to do is just get more eyeballs on it. And so right now we are in a, a time where uh, this year specifically, people are going to start to see more and more of it happening is uh, content-led mm-hmm. businesses. So as a business, it's like, what if there was a way to get, 100% free attention. What if there's a way to potentially, you know, win a jackpot on a, on a slot machine, but it doesn't cost you anything to play. You know, I live out here in Vegas. So for me, uh, the easiest reference is gambling, even though I'm not much of a gambler myself. Um, but in a slot machine, you put a quarter in, you pull the thing and you hope to win. Well, what if right. the slot machine was free where you could play every slot machine in the casino, keep pulling the lever every single day and you'd have a, a chance at winning. That's the way I see social media. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> right now, it doesn't <laughs> That's a great idea. anything to post. All you got to do is just uh, post content, and it has the potential to get a ton of eyeballs on it. But it's not necessarily about quality. It's about quantity at this point. Really? I don't know if I've yeah, ever heard yeah. that. I think that's kind of fascinating. Yeah. So the way I look at it is, like, if you can have – if you can post uh, – actually, Instagram came out, and they just released uh, – new guidelines. They want people posting three times per day, every single day in order to, to oh my gosh. Them. And it's like, 
how is that, you know, that's not really feasible for most people. It's a lot of content. But as yeah. a business, it's like we need to start looking at how do we use content to, to generate organic attention. Um, and, and there's businesses out there who've created their entire business just off one or two videos that went viral. Okay. I think that's interesting. So yeah, when you so were reading I, so I, Thinking Grow Rich, what was one of the – I'm sorry, we have a terrible lack. I apologize. Go ahead. Did you say what you were going to say? Uh, I, I was just going to say I think, I think that there's a there's – you know, algorithms are constantly changing and people are always trying to figure out, like, what, you know, what's the next thing? I think the, the thing is the core fundamentals is just create good content that people want to watch and want to know about over time, and that will really help businesses garner attention online. I think the biggest thing for most most business owners that I've found who are not in their 20s, if you'll grant me that, don't understand that when you say content, what, what do people want? When, what does that mean? They're like, I don't want to post my personal life. I hear this a lot with some of my clients. What do you say to them? What is content? Yeah, so it's, you know, it's hard to conceptualize, too. It's like my mom, she owns a, a small med spa. Um, you know, she does, uh, she does uh, Botox, hair removal, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and for her, it's like, she'll, she'll spend a whole weekend making one video and she'll be like, like, what do you think? And I'll be like, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's good. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the thing is, it's, it's like, you know, she has, there's a, a steep learning curve. It's like, I got to figure out how to edit. I got to figure out these apps. Like, what is the trending sound? Like, like I I've heard hashtags, I kind of know them, but I don't understand it. There's so many things to understand. And, you know, as a, as a business owner that, especially someone who hasn't grown up on this, it's, is incredibly complex. And so to, to break down content simply, right now it's just short form vertical content, meaning you're just shooting it selfie style on your phone. And the algorithms right now, social media, it's favoring raw. It's favoring stuff that's authentic. See, I think we're in a, we're in a, a time right now where there's everything's face tuned and, and auto tuned and Photoshopped and, you know, everyone's, everyone's, showing their, you know, the, the 1% of their life that's perfect when the 99% isn't. But deep down, right. as humans, we're like, this isn't resonating. This isn't true. This isn't actually what life is. So instead, it's mm. like we're trying to find connection. We're trying to find authenticity. And social media is, is actually happening. It's like when people are being real, you don't even have to edit anything. I've got a friend of mine that he's got a YouTube channel. Uh, in the finance space, he's got about half a million subscribers and he started only about a year and a half ago. And what he does is he drives to a random cul-de-sac. He lives in uh, Southern California and he pulls out his phone and he just talks for eight minutes, doesn't edit any of it, throws it up uh, on YouTube. And uh, it's been gaining tons of traction because it's different. People are like, wait, what? This is, there's no editing. There's no cuts every three seconds. So for yeah. anyone who's, you know, out there, it's like, just whip out your phone, talk about what is your topic. If you're in the beauty space, make it skincare. If you're in the finance space, talk about the stock market or the economy. Um, and, and just do it authentically and, and be authentically you. I think for some people, that statement is wildly confusing. Does that resonate? Like there's a generational thing when you say be authentically you. My clients, I have a lot of women that I attract to are 40, 50, 60, and 70 years old. That sentence doesn't resonate to them. If I told you that, what would you do with that information? Well, I'd probably break it down, right? So, like, what is, 
what is authentically you, right? Like, what does that actually right. look like? But to, to me, authentically you is, is, is the person that when you were a kid and you were doing something, you're just goofing off, you're having fun, you're laughing with your friends, like, you're talking about what you want to talk about. And you don't have this uh, external stimulus or you don't, you don't have these, these things outside, like what people are going to think about you and all these things. That happens when we're a teenager, right? We talk about graduation uh, at the start of today's, uh, today's conversation. And it's like in high school, we go through this phase of like, but now society starts to, we kind of get corrupted. So to me, right. authentically you is like, if you took the kid version of yourself and plugged them into what you're doing now in your life, like, what, what does that mean? And what can you, how can you speak and talk uh, about what you do? Okay. So my, the, a lot of the people, and again, the, my clients will say to me, but I don't want to be selling all the time. What do you say to them? Um, I don't think you should be selling. Um, I don't, you can go through my social media. I don't sell on that. The thing is, is, uh, is you just create content and it builds trust with people over time. They get to know more about you. They learn who you are. And then... Sooner, than late, sooner or later, they're going to say, like, what's this person actually do? And how can I do business? Um, I have a, uh, you know, I, I have people on some podcasts I've been on and shows ask me, like, how did you build such a powerful network? And for me, the answer is simple. It's I show up uh, everywhere I go, social media, to networking events, speaking on stage, all this stuff. And I just be present. And I don't, I'm not pitching anything. I'm just there. And people are a little bit confused by this. It's almost like the reverse sale. Instead of me saying, hey, go buy my stuff, I'm just, I'm just present and I'm showing up as my best self. And then on the end, they're like, like what do you do? Like, how can I work with you? What, what can we actually do together to make money? And I think uh-huh. that you shouldn't sell. Instead, just be authentically you and people will start to wonder and ask and want to learn more. I think this is amazing. Hey, you guys, if you're listening to this, on radio, you're not seeing Dylan's face. And unfortunately, we didn't have a kind of a wonky little um, connection. Because normally I drive people to my Facebook page and you get to see what he looks like. Dylan's got like the cute, and don't, this is not sexist, but like the cutest face. Uh, big dimples, blonde hair. And you're like, I can see that when you're selling or you're on camera, people just are drawn to you. Do you think that that has something to do with your personal success or can anybody do this? That's a great question, right? And, and I don't know. If I were to step into a different body, maybe, you know, maybe results, you know, res- results may vary. <laughs> but uh, I think that the thing is, 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 is looks and, and, and how someone looks isn't necessarily a, uh, while there's things that are genetic and things you're, you're, you have, there are very, very, very uh, attractive people that didn't have the physical, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the aesthetic to start with. And so what I mean by that is like, there is a, there is like an underlying energy to it. There's something about just like, I think if you're someone who's like, you know, you ever see a kid, you, uh, you know, on an airplane, you walk by and the kid's just giggling and, and smiling and you can't help, but just uh, be happy. I feel like that's, yes. that's kind of the way it is in life. It's like, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to have anything special. You just got to, you know, be giggly and happy and be your, be that you know, person. And I think that attracts success to you. You know, I'm so glad that you said that because I truly meant it that way. It is not necessarily about the aesthetic because sometimes very beautiful people are not taken very seriously, but you have an inner glow about you and an inner curiosity. And I think that comes from the work that you did, the reading that you did. Do you have a morning routine that you do? Yeah, every day. 
Tell me. Um, my alarm goes off at 6.15. Actually, 6, uh-huh. 6.14 on my phone. And then I have my 6.15 alarm clock uh, in the other room that I have to walk to. And uh, that gives me enough time, about 10 seconds, to turn that alarm off to uh, tell myself <laughs> that basically the, the idea of going back to sleep goes away. <laughs> because if, if the alarm clock's right next to me, it's easy to just snooze it and go back to sleep. So I have 10 Great seconds. Great strategy. To, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I consider my life choices within that 10 seconds. And then I you know, never fail. And then I wake up. I have a meditation uh, area in my house. I go sit there. I meditate. I do about a half hour. Uh, and then I go hit the gym. And my day starts. Now, the, the critical part is that uh, the, the day actually doesn't start at 6.15. The day starts the night before. So for me, I plan tomorrow Ooh. today. And so I list my entire, uh, my, my major chunks of what I have my attention's on for the next day uh, right before I go to bed. That way I'm parking it in my subconscious. Uh, it lives there. And then I wake up the next morning and I can put that into action. I hope everyone listening heard this. Now, you are 28 years old. Have you always been doing this, or is this a newfound thing, tradition for you? Well, I, I used to do 3.30 wake-ups, and then that just became not practical living in Vegas where everyone wants to do these late-night networking dinners and stuff like that. So I had to shift it to 6.15. But all the other stuff, I've been putting that into play for probably the last four years. Well, you know, and I'm glad that you said that, too, about the changing, because in the world that I live in, I'm used to doing stage work till we don't get home till you know, we're done at 1130 at night and be home by one. So we're getting up at four and five because I was just in Utah with a mentor of mine every morning at 4 a.m. And I'm like, oh, my God, guys, I'm still I'm sorry. I have to sleep at some point. So we couldn't feel guilty. But the idea is that you've got this routine that you seem and I hear from you very committed to. And I listening to you, I think it's definitely part of your success. What's in the future for you? What are you looking forward to? So for me, I'm, uh, you know, I'm building this company. Eventually, we'll, ha- we'll have a, a, a exit on it. And then from there, I can work on the billion-dollar uh, billion play. And then after that, it's, it's, it's how can I serve? Um, you know, for me, the thing, the dream I've had is I've always kind of had is, like, I want to, like, a, a, a ranch or, like, a big property on a body of water where I can host retreats seminars, personal development workshops, and have it be a, a place where I can create community. So I'm still probably I don't know, five or 10 years away from that. But, you know, once we're there, now my life just becomes fun. It just becomes play. I get to just have people. I get to help people. And I just get to focus on. So, so my thing is, is my mission is just to be my best self and show up as a, a living, breathing example that other people can improve and optimize their lives too. I love that. So I have got a couple of years on you, like triple. Um, I am 63. And I will tell you, it, it is fascinating listening to young people talk the way they're talking with their life in front of them. I definitely have life in front of me, but I've done everything that you got that you want. I own a whole compound. I've got two beautiful 20-year-old twins. I've got the love of my life, who I've been now with for six years. And it, it's fascinating how you get to a certain point in your life. Uh, do I wish that I'd figured it out at 28? Yeah, probably. I don't think I really started on my journey of massive success till 40-something, And but I lived my life. And so listening to this, you know, I just also want to give grace to the people listening that you don't have to have figured it out at 28 or 38 or 48, because here's the thing that I did learn, and I have the experience to say this, is that there's no finish line is that once you get that ranch, you're going to want something else. And once you do this and do retreats, you're... so I just think that the whole thing is it's the race. It is the journey, and the finish line at the end is you're done. 
like really done. It's not like you get to a certain mountain because if you're an entrepreneur, like I hear that Dylan is, and a lot of my listeners are, as you're standing on top of a mountain, um, you get to a certain point and then you want the next point. Did you just hear the phone ring, by the way? Did I just get interrupted? I, I, it went silent for three seconds, but I didn't hear the phone ring. Okay. Can I share with you why it went silent? This is so cool. We're on, we're doing this on it. I just looked at who called. Do you ever watch the TV series Hercules? Uh, a little before your time. It, no. All right, well, a little before your time, when I was growing up, there was a powerful series called Hercules starring Kevin Sorbo. That's who just rang, by the way. I've gotten the lead role in a new movie, uh, and I've got to somehow turn off. Uh, I, I wish I could add him to the call. You know, if he calls back again, maybe I'll add him to the call. He is a massive major producer and actor and just a delight. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to do is I've been an actress most of my life before my career, and I can't wait to do your podcast and tell you all these things. But on my birthday, I got cast the lead in the film. I'd stepped away from that for a while. And it's funny how what you manifest comes true. And I'm going to end on all of that because I just want you to talk about the concept of manifestation because I think you truly believe in it. But I had said when I was younger, I had the lead in a television series. and I was so excited by this. And I ended up losing it to a much more famous actress. And they said to me, look, we think you're great, but... I was like, but what? But your name's not famous enough to market on. And so for about 20 years, my goal was to get famous enough that I no longer have to introduce myself because you can get much more accomplished quickly if you're well-known. And he, my agent, when he let me go, which was insane, he said, look, he said, go, if, just go brand yourself and make enough money and, and buy your own movie if that's what you want to do. And so it's been about 20 years since I really started in a project. And that's what that call represented to me. So it's kind of ironic that at that moment he would call to inspire not only our listeners, but maybe Dylan as well. Can you talk a little bit about manifestation in your life? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, my, my, and by the way, I love that. Um, and congratulations on the movie stuff. This is super exciting. Um, and I mean, wait, so this. it's a martial art. It's a martial arts Western action picture, which is a crazy thing, too, because I got mugged many years ago and ended up studying martial arts for years. And I'm now creating a foundation for little kids to learn how to protect themselves because that's the only way I know we're going to stop human trafficking is to arm mm. the kids with physical defense skills. I love it. That's awesome. I love it. Okay, so, so back uh, to you. On, on the manifest. On the, on the manifestation side, uh, my mom uh, pl- uh, played this DVD for me. Uh, I, I sat down when I was 14 years old, and uh, she said, I have something to show you. And me, my mom, and my sister sat around the, the TV in our basement watching this, this uh, DVD. It's called The Secret uh, and um, law, of, uh, law of Attraction. And I learned about this thing that where, you know, in it they say, what you think you can create. And holy crap, you said it to a 14-year-old. All of a sudden, you know, all day I'm just thinking about dollar bills floating from the, the sky, and, and it's not really uh, happening. <laughs> but at, still, at that, at that same, on that same token, I understood that there's a power to this, where you can design something in your mind and then move towards it in reality. And so since then, I, I had a curiosity. I read, you know, I read tons of books about spirituality. I've gone on week-long meditation retreats, multi-day fasts. Uh, and um, and I've I've been able to design really a reality that I'm I'm super proud of and, and excited for. And so for me, uh, every day is a is a manifestation, right? I told you the day starts the night before. That's where I'm putting the the stuff out there. And then with then from there, in the morning I wake up, I'm meditating and I'm, I'm bringing it towards me. And then the day is just executing the plan. I'm so glad that we connected. Thank you for responding to me, reaching out to you, because you didn't know who I was necessarily when I did, and I just I think this is an awesome conversation. Yeah, this has been really good. It's been great to chat with you, and I'm excited to continue this conversation uh, and have you on my podcast soon, too. 
Oh, I can hardly wait. All right, so I've got one minute left. I want you to just share with the world anything you want to tell them, inspire them. Go for it. I think with inside all of us, there's something we always know we either need to do or if there's an area of our life we want to optimize. And deep down within us, we know, like, what that, what that is. And, uh, and there's usually something that we've been putting off or putting to the side uh, that's preventing us from being our creative self. I think whatever that is, whatever that speaks to for, for you and for everyone listening, like, like take action on that today. Like as soon as this ends in, in 30 seconds here, like move towards that and your life will be significantly greater. If you operate every day like that with the one thing that you know you need to do and you just do it. I'm so inspired by you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can hardly wait to reach out to Dr. Bill Dorfman and congratulate him one more time on his amazing program called Leap. If you want some information, that will be in the show notes because I'm very proud of him. And you, Mr. Dillon, I cannot wait to meet you in person and give you a super big hug. For all my audience and my friends and fans, thank you so much for tuning in to Forbes Factor. I would love you guys to share this. This is a special episode. We get the best guests. We have the best conversations uh, because I love to live in that sense of curiosity, and I have learned so much. So as always, we focus on health, wealth, and happiness as part of the Forbes Factor today. I think we brought you all of them. All right, I will see you next time right here. Don't go away. Um, we have lots more on the Forbes Factor. All right, I'm Forbes Riley. Guys, peace, love, and I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericavariety.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management.